in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey guys, this is Archie Mason, and welcome to another episode of That Farm Life Podcast. Here on the podcast, we always share stories of those involved in agriculture. We try to provide the resources to help one another and to give some practical ways to deal with the stress of everyday uh, farm life. We always want to provide a safe zone where you know it's okay not to be okay. This podcast is a resource of the AgriHealth Network, and check out our website, agrihealth.net, for more resources and to read more about us. Well, today we have a special guest. We're talking to Shane Bray. Shane is the vice president and the senior project manager for Goldcrest Farm Trust Advisors. He's responsible for the management and development of over 35,000 acres across several states. Hey, Shane, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time out and joining us today. Come on. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your connection to agriculture. So I know that's a, like three questions in a row, but uh this this begin there tell us a little bit about yourself your family and your connection to ag all right uh originally from i live in jonesboro arkansas now uh, we lived there been there several years uh, originally from north louisiana uh it's where our family still lives today so uh grew up uh, a lot of farmers a lot of ag in in the family uncles great uncles grandfathers great grandfathers and all uh but my my dad and granddad were mechanics so when when it kind of got to be their turn in the deal, they they went to town because they could mechanic, they could, they could make more money, et cetera, doing that. But I didn't get that gene. Uh, I, I I can work on equipment. Uh, I've always worked on it. I've done a lot of things. I've actually, been a technician at, at one point in my life, but I didn't like it. Uh, you know, uh, so just I gravitated back to the farming. Went to work on a farm when I was about fourteen, and and just always liked it. Just, just really always liked it. So it's in, it's in the family. Um, oldest son is a, a senior, going to be going to college, and already he said he's probably going to major in ag. And and I encourage that. That is something I encourage. I hear a lot of farmers say, oh, "I want my kid to do something else, something else." I, this is a great field. I mean, we all have to eat, and and just the world's growing and developing. So I I, I push it. I'm an advocate. You know, anytime I, I go somewhere, I'm always talking, you know, talking about the positive, positive items of, of GMOs and technology. And, you know, farmers, not a bunch of rednecks out there nowadays. You know, it's it's, it's different conversations that people don't understand. Oh, I agree with you. Hey, tell us about uh, your your ag educational background. Uh, you talked about, hey, you, you said you can work on stuff, but you knew that probably wasn't for you being a mechanic. But. What kind of educational background you had that got you to the place of farm management? So this, this has been a multi-step deal. Uh, so ended up uh, getting an ag degree. It, it, now it's called U- University of Louisiana Monroe, Sun Belt Conference with A-State. 
Uh, I'm old enough. It was Northeast Louisiana University. Uh, one of your previous podcasts, Hank Jones was. Yeah. Uh, he, he was on there, so that that's his area. That's where he's from. I've known him for a long time, but uh, he got a, bit, a bachelor's degree from there. Uh, worked on a little research station a little bit. Uh, had a professor that that for some reason liked me, and kept pushing and. Some of my internships as well. I, I worked for Monsanto in the Bolgard division when it first came out, the BT Cotton. And so it kind of worked in a dual fold there. Uh, the doctor that, that ran that department, again, liked me, and her husband was the, the tech rep for the state of Mississippi. So next thing I know, I'm getting a master's degree from Mississippi State University being sponsored by Monsanto. Through my program, uh, there was a lot of interactions in that. Um, they were, they were a big sponsor of the weed science program. So, you know, by education, uh, ag degree business, and then also master's in weed science. Um, I remember in one of my, my meetings with the professors, there's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, without a PhD, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I get done, you know, finishing up my master's and looking around at jobs and there really wasn't anything, you know, really pressing. It was a weird time. So, all right, well, had an offer and opportunity and actually went and ran the weed science department and worked on a PhD at the University of Florida. Again, a little ignorant redneck from, from Bastrop, Louisiana, you know, is now in Gainesville, Florida, you know, 250, 300,000 people, universities, 40,000 people. The town I grew up in is 16,000 people. And wow. I'm at a university now that's, you know, three, four times larger. And um, in, in, I was still in row crop weed science, but I got to touch a lot of things. We, we had a professor that I helped him with aquatics. We put out trials in Lake Okeechobee. Uh, we got into pasture work. So, my experiences have, have not always just been just very strict cotton, rice, soybeans, you know, just the, the, the Delta crops. And I've got, yeah, I've had the opportunity to touch a lot of other crops in my mindset. I love that. I love new things. I love going down to Florida. Uh, and that goes into some of the, you know, more what I do, but, you know, going and seeing peppers being grown, tomatoes, uh, alfalfa, Things that you don't see in Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Oh yeah, well, man! I tell you what, that's taken you a lot of different places. That that has given you a lot of exposure, which is good uh, for everything that you do in, uh, in in regard to the the management of farms. Hey, you know, with your job, I think you're in about two different states or so. So, uh, tell us a little more about that as you manage across those states. Yeah, the the main focus is right now is Arkansas, Mississippi. And you know we're we're actively looking. So I've got a unique position. Uh, again, I go back to my oldest son. He he has said, you know, Dad, I want to do what you do for a living. Like, well, son, it's very specialized. There's not many people in the United States do what I do. And my mom, God bless her, uh, she asked me all the time, "What do you do again?" And my dad, my dad gets it. He he understands. He kind of laughs. You know, he he's got a lot of buddies at farm and a lot of retired farm buddies. But my, my role is we, we, I work for an equity firm, you know, investment firm, and we buy and develop, manage farmland. That's our main focus is farmland. So we buy it. My role in the last few years has actually been develop it, improve it. So a couple of big projects. And then actually had a third state of actually do another one in Arizona. So again, I can add another 
off topic, off, you know, non-Delta uh, project. So we improve the properties, buy them kind of in disrepair or, or, or true undeveloped. And, and I get to develop them. I, I just, I, I kind of say it's kind of like the, the line from Armageddon. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I get to, I get to blow things up and they pay me, you know, <laughs> so I get to do that. Um, I get to spend other people's money to develop. And so, you know, I'm in charge of a big project right now. I mean, we're putting in pump stations, relift stations, pivots, land forming, grain bins, farm shops. I mean, it, it's, it's full tilt. It's everything. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the whole premise is to improve the properties, you know, clean them up, make them better farms, and also set these to where it's a positive uh, economics, you know, so that, that the retirement, most of our money's retirement that way, you know, grandma, grandpa, you know, get their, their monthly check. Yeah. You know, an investment and, and yeah. farm and appreciates. You don't make any more of it. A lot of the bad stuff got taken out. CRP, CRP is a great program. WRP is a great program. So, and then now we've got increased populations. We've got a lot of world economics. You know, we, we've got to produce more on less acres. We got to conserve everything. So sustainability is another big key of what I do. Again, I know I've got a redneck accent, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, but sustainability, we've got to preserve the water, the nutrients, you know, the farmland, the topsoil, all that, all that kind of comes into play in what I do. Yeah. Did you, uh, you've already answered it somewhat, but, uh, you kind of, you kind of covered it about being involved, uh, uh, you know, in farming and, uh, what do you think drew you to that business side, um, in management? What do you think, what was a motivating factor for you that kind of drew you into it? So my whole business career, several things start out in sales. Uh, one of the things I, I, you know, I, I can talk to, I don't meet a stranger. I, you know, uh, like a lot of us in ag business, there's not a lot of, you know, introverts in, in farming. Um, but, you know, started out in sales and progressed and, and had a couple, three different sales jobs. And then, uh, one of them actually had my own consulting crop consulting business on the side because working 40 hours a week was boring. So, you know, I, I went out and had several thousand acres consulting, but it, it all goes back to even when I was young and little, you know, I loved driving my grandfather's tractor. Uh, he had gotten in bad health when I was a kid. So, but he always grew a garden. He had about an acre to an acre and a half garden. And so I loved the tractor going out there and helping him, you know, working the garden. Um, we had always a little small garden growing up. So I tried one time a big one. It was a lot of work. And, you know, as a kid, you know, it's more fun to play in the garden than work in the garden, but just, it was in the family. Like I said, a lot of family that, that farmed, um, when I was about 14, 15, went to work on a farm and their name was Zombreaker. Sure enough, Cajuns, uh, from Gaydon, Louisiana and three brothers had come up to North Louisiana, cleared the swamp. I, mean, I was on a rice farm. There wasn't a straight levy. I didn't know there was such a thing as a straight levy in a rice field. Uh, again, they were Cajun soon. We drew, we, we drove Olivers and Deutz and versatile tractors. You know, I talked to some of my buddies and they're talking about John Deere and Case. And I'm like, yeah, we don't have any of those. <laughs> and so I worked for those guys for about three summers. I uh, got to be a lot of, got friends with a lot of the family and kind of got brought into the family. 
And it, it just, that was just always what I did. And so that rolled into the ag degree. Uh, could have been a farmer. This is one of those comments, you know, if I'd have married uh, a couple of the girls from high school, but uh, there, there's a couple. And if you listen to this podcast, you know who you are. And I doubt they listen, but, uh, you know, there's a couple of them. I could be farming, but uh, on one of them, God answered unanswered prayers. Um, you know, thank God. And so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's always been in it. I changed my major a couple of times. Like I'm not gonna get out of farming. I went construction. That didn't last long. Pre-pharmacy, you know, I've never met a broke pharmacist, you know, <laughs> dirty. they work in a you know white coat environment. But when it came down to it, I went and worked in a pharmacy with a friend of mine one day, she goes, you need to come with me one day. And I said, I'll do that. So I did. And I, and I did, we had a good day. The next day I went and changed my major. <laughs> uh, my aptitude test and, and personality test, working in a cubicle and enclosed environment day in and day out was not, not my forte. So back out in farming, the one thing I like about it, it is pretty much something different every day. Yeah, we might have to fool with planters for a month. Then we go to sprayers, but at the same time, planters have got sprayers and chemicals and pesticides and seed genetics and tractors and technology and auto steer. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And uh, I know we're on the podcast, but my gray hair came from being a, 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 a technology specialist for a large John Deere dealership. You know, I was in the beginning of, of um, auto track and yield mapping and, and all the mapping and it was always a bad day when you called DTAC, especially stuff in you know, Iowa, and said, hey, I've got a problem. And they went, hmm, never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that, hey, we'll just blame it on John Deere and the technical side for giving that gray hair to you, man. Hey, so right. you, you do have to travel a lot with your work. Now, how do you, how do you and your wife, Ashley, you know, keep, because you got a big family, but keep your faith and your family a priority? So that, the, the, when I took over this role in farm management, been in it about 12 years now, the overnight travel was one of the big differences because when I first got in it, uh, we lived in Northeast Louisiana and office was based in North Carolina, but I managed in the Boot Hill of Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, Northeast Texas, Southeast Oklahoma, you know, and then we lived in Louisiana. So... It was a difference. Basically, the overnight travel was the big difference because I had always worked. I've never had an eight to five job. It, it's never been, you know, eight to five, the factory hours. Once I got out through the true professional world. So the daytime hours, again, a lot of days, it was six, seven days a week, six, seven days a week. Now, maybe not year round, but, you know, there, there was big spurts and it was. Uh, growing up, uh, that was always the thing, even in, in through, all through college, same deal. Um, I paid my way mostly through college. Um, that was always the deal. Guys like, hey, you turkey hunt. No, when the when the turkeys are gobbling, the planters are rolling, you know, and so I, I had to work. So the work's always been there. Work ethics, thanks to my dad and my granddad, uh, it's there. But, again, it's not, not you know, I, I got that infamous – you know, phone call at 4.30 every day because my wife does have an eight-to-five job, always had an eight-to-five job, Monday through Friday. And every day about 4.30, hey, when are you going to be home? And we've been married 21 years now, 
and it's still interesting. I get that phone call every once in a while, that now text, when are you going to be home? I have no idea. I don't live by a schedule. So that kind of rolls into, you know, the family and, and, and faith and, and how do you handle all this? You know, it's, it's hard. I, there, there's no way to say it. It's hard, but she is very supportive. That's great. God has blessed me with three awesome kids, three great kids. That, that's, that's been one of the biggest things. And so technology is great. Pick up the phone, uh, FaceTime, texting, communication, you know, all the above. That way you're never really gone. Even I'm sitting in the hotel, you know, I'm sitting there on the phone. You know, what are you doing? I'm watching TV and eating a pizza. You know, um, it's, it's, it's just constant communication. And then, you know, my travel and the work, I really don't work seven days a week now. And it's there once while six, it's really five, you know, and you get, get in this level. Um, but once you get that phone, you never quit working. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm always on it. So, you know, the faith of family, you know, I'm home on weekends. We go to church. I mean, that was one thing with my, my dad and my mom as well. That wasn't an option. You went to church on Sunday, you know, Wednesdays, it all depended on if you were working and, and what, but, um, that was, that wasn't an option. I, I can remember going on to my, we had a duck camp in the middle of nowhere in high school. And then in college, we had a couple more and I'd leave on Fridays and after school, I'd go to the duck camp, you know, I'd be gone and 30 miles away from the house, but I'd get up, go hunting on Sunday morning, but I had to be, and then again, get back to the camp, clean up, drive to church, go to church, eat lunch with the family and the deal with the camp. We had to have it cleaned by, by the time we left. Then I drive back all the way up to the camp and some of the guys still be asleep or come back from hunting, whatever, clean up the camp, clean all that, and then be back home in time. <laughs> and so that, that wasn't an option. I mean, my dad, that just, it wasn't an option. You, you went to church. So again, that, that got instilled in me and we, we go to church often. Now the days of technology and, and COVID and everything else we've had, you know, we've learned to do podcasts and streaming and, uh, one of the things we do as a family is we camp. Uh, we're, we're not tent campers. I'm, I'm past that point in my life. Uh, you know, I, I sleep in a sleeping bag as long as it's on the bed somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, even in our camper and, and with technology, we've got hotspots and Wi-Fi's and I've got a smart, smart screen TV in my camper. And, you know, we've, we've actually watched church, you know, live stream church in sitting in the campground in Ozarks. You know, or, or, well, I guess, again, we had a place in Calico Rock. We're in a cow pasture, middle of nowhere, you know, but we turn on the TV, you know, watch church. So, again, just, just keeping that consistent because you got to do that, especially with kids, because you give anybody a chance to stray. I mean, it's easy. Uh, yeah. Everybody kind of got used to that in 2020. You know, oh, I can't go to church. Oh, I can't do this. And Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Shane, that's a good word, man. Hey, one last question. How do you deal? You've shared so many uh, great statements, good comments, going to help a lot of people. How do you deal? How do you deal in a positive way with stress? Because probably a lot of folks out there listening, some of them are going to be in the same type of uh, farm management that you're in and, you know, acres, but you're, you're talking to a lot of farmers, though. But how do you deal with the stress of what you do in the ag field? 
it is stressful. It, it it's very stressful, and in every job in ag is stressful. From your crop consultant, what if he makes a mistake? It's the livelihood. The farmer makes a mistake. I mean, it's not just his family. It's on and on and on. You know, I make a mistake. You know, again, grandma, grandpa don't get their retirement check this month. You know, it's it is stressful, and the way I cope with that, I, I have a, we have a motto: we work hard and we play hard. We're, we're active people. Uh, this last weekend, we stayed home and did nothing. I mean, it was literally, we did nothing. That's the first time probably all year. Um, again, activities, a lot of family activities. Um, we hunt, we fish, you know, and everybody says, oh, what do you hunt? I, again, it's, it's pick the season. You know, we'll go. Um you know, again, we're in, we're in the great outdoors. We love it. Um, we fish. Um, uh, camping. I mentioned camping. That is one of the things we do as a family. Um, kayak. Uh, that, that's one of the things. I mean, we, we live in Arkansas. It, it's literally the natural state. I mean, it's just so diverse. So, you know, out, outdoor activities, the big thing. Also coach. Uh, coach a trap shooting team. And again, that, that's one of them deals because you can turn off work and you can focus on something else. Yeah. And again, it's it's we get to burn gunpowder and blow things up. I mean, <laughs> it, the kids ask me all the time, this can be my sport. Yeah, yeah, this can be your sport. Now, this is awesome. You know, they didn't have that when I was a kid. We did, but it was cow pasture pool. You know, we're just throwing feet up yeah. in the air, play pigeons and shooting and and all that. So all that being said, you, you've got to take time for yourself. All that being said, you got to have a hobby. You've got to have time for yourself. And a lot of folks can't get this. And because I had this ask the other day, uh, one of the farmers says, Hey, do you have farmers that can just leave for a few days? It's like, Yeah, I've got those. How do they do it? Well, they just take it in their budget and they just, you know, yeah, uh, you have to leave. You, you, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, whether you're there or not. The crops are going to grow. Or there, something's going to happen. There's never a good time to take a break. There's never a good time to go. You just got to set it up, plan a little bit, and take some time. You've got to unplug. Um, Ashley and I went camping here about a month and a half ago. I think it was the beginning of the college football season. We went camping for the first time without the kids. You know, we went a long way away. We literally went about 30 miles from the house. <laughs> so if something did happen, we could come back. Yeah. But no kids had enough, enough hot spots where we, we could watch college football. I did not great, but we could watch college football. Um, she wants, I've been asking her for 25 years. You know, she needs a hobby, needs a hobby. So now she's kind of said, well, I want to take up hiking. And all this has a purpose here, but, you know, out of all of my hobbies and things that I would want to do, hiking has never been in the top probably 50. <laughs> but this is something we can do together. She enjoys it. And literally, we walk through the woods and she, oh, there's a mushroom. What is this? You know, and I did this one of my, my, my youngest son the other day. We went out in the woods hunting. I'm on the radio, but I'm using air quotes here. Hunting. You know, he's nine. We, we, we broke sticks and you know we we shot the 410 and you know we shot some cans and uh, you know we trampeze through the woods and he told me later he goes dad that was one of the most fun times i've ever had but he was like what's this what's this what's this we looked at bugs we looked at plants we looked at we we found all kind of stuff 
And again, it's a disconnect from work for a little bit because where I was, my phone didn't ring. And I got away for a few hours. And you've got to do that. It's a it's a de-stress because now we've got smartphones. I'm on call. I'm on connect 24-7. At some point, you've got to turn it off, take a break, watch college football. And I, I don't say LSU football because that's <laughs> That's aggravating. Um, that's all from LSU, you know, Louisiana. <laughs> uh, you, you've got to have something to where you can you can turn it off. You know what 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 do you enjoy doing? Anything can turn into work. Again, coaching. There's days that huh, I don't want to go. To, I don't want to coach today. I'm not in the mental capability, and all it takes is one kid going, "Thanks, coach." Ah, oh, that made my whole day. Or hear a kid go, "Yes." You know, when, when you hear that, it, it just changes everything. You've got to find something that makes you happy and you got to go do it. You just, you have to make time. It's kind of like being married. You've got to take time. You got to date your wife. We've been married 21 years now, been together 25, 26. I mean, it's more than half my life. It's what we yeah. figured out the other day. We've been together more than half our lives. And at the end of the day, you, you still got to date her. You still got to have that connection. So you got to enjoy it. That's the main thing. Wow, Shane, I think you've given us a list of things that, uh, especially <laughs> for those in the farm uh, uh, farm background, farm industry that we need to do. Hey, thank you for sharing all of that and really, really jumping in about that stress issue and talking about how to unplug and give some ideas of how to do that. And uh, hey, that's just, Shane, just a great reminder. Uh, to all of us out there. So thank you, man. Thank you for being here today. And thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you. And everybody stay safe. Hey, you know, here in agriculture, uh, you know, jobs aren't the same. They're not predictable. We don't always work the same uh, hours uh, each day. And that, you know, Shane brought that up. It, it keeps life interesting, but it can also keep us away from the folks that we love. So we were created for more than work and we have a circle of family and friends uh, that are important. And uh, that is a support network for all of us. So really, all the listeners out there on the podcast, be thinking of some ways this week uh, that you can connect uh, with others there in your life. And as Shane said, hey, take time, uh, unplug, you know, uh, it's going to be here tomorrow uh, when you get back. So you've got to do that. Hey, if you've enjoyed the Farm Life podcast, then uh, please subscribe, give us a review and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Until then, keep farming and keep the faith. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.